Welcome back to the On Coaching Podcast with Magnus and Marcus. I'm Steve Magnus, the coach at the University of Houston and author of the new book, Peak Performance. And I'm joined by my partner in crime, John Marcus, the coach of High Performance West. This week, we have a special treat for you guys. John and I sat down at a coffee shop in Sacramento, California, in between uh, the USA Championships and just talk coaching for a couple hours. And what we did is we uh, sliced things up and made it into a nice, enjoyable podcast where you get to see behind the scenes, actual input discussions on coaching, just keeping it real. So we hope you guys enjoy. So it's funny because like, um, so at the thing in England, like Dan John, and his thing is like easy strength. Like that's his book title or whatever that he's popularized and sold. And we were like talking about running stuff. And it was like, we had this long discussion on like breaking down strength for runners into like three or four different things that actually matter and like that you could actually do that matter. And like translating that into uh, like a book idea or like coach's education. Thank you. Idea. And it's like the problem with like strength and runners is that distance coaches don't know enough it's not like well it's not their forte right so it's not like our glass of you know water so instead what we do is we we like complexify the shit out of it and then are like we need to do this drill this drill this drill this exercise this exercise this exercise when like 90 percent of our bang for our buck could come from like doing a b and c and just like in 30 20 30 minutes and like being okay with it like and your workouts, man, 90% of your bang your buck comes from doing like a st- steady stable of yes. shit. Yes. And it's like, but if you look at the market, like high school coaches, if they just like took this much time and just did the, like A, B, and C, mm-hmm. like, his, like his thing was like, he was like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know runners very well, but it's like, I don't know. Just do some like farmer's walks and some kettlebell swings and some like, you know, depending on what you're looking at. But this is, I think, even the thing that's but, wrong with the strength and conditioning coaches. Athlete is an athlete. Yeah. Period. An athlete is an athlete. That's it. Yeah. We, even as coaches, sometimes over-complexify by over-specializing for an athletic sport. Yeah. An athlete's sports, quote-unquote, demands. And it's like, no, dude, like, just do the basic stuff. Like, that at least can prep you. Like... You know how everyone's like, oh, well, I'm trying to run, you know, like, or Brad. Like, Brad's trying to run yeah. his marathon, you know, whatever. So, what's your, you know, oh, you know, try to get tips. I go, Brad, you're in a spot, man. You just run You just run. Yeah. You'll get good. When you start wanting to run 230, yeah. that's when you got to do some more, like, detailed things work. that have a little higher sophistication. And I think the problem is a lot of people don't realize where those levels or those barriers of sophistication exists where it's like nope sorry it's just basic stuff here but then once you press or try to press this threshold now we gotta get more specific and it's this idea that it's like let's take the 1500 like women's 1500 if you want to coach someone up to run a 440 1500 very basic basic stuff it's not hard because a lot of people do that now they want to run 430 it's a little harder not as many people do that 420 even more harder but still not as hard because still a lot of people do that 
And then when you start looking at like 410 and faster, that becomes a very special space that only a choice number of people in like say the US yeah, can do, do every year, right? And when you're starting to talk about only 30 people in the country can do this, that's a hard thing. Yeah. It's like, take any other endeavor, like the 30 best construction agencies, the 30 best car sales people, the 30 best investment makers. That's rarefied air. And yet we think, oh yeah, 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 it's, it's the same, improving from 420 to 410, is the same as improving 443. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> you know, it definitely is not. Well, there's there's like diminishing returns, and there's also different weak links of what you need to do. Right, right but that's that's but, the, the puzzle game. Yeah, is creating the solution to that puzzle, not all the same solutions. To I would all say puzzles. this is like it's training is very simple in the sense that like you're essentially like shifting your link like where your weak link is mm -hmm. and just like being like all right like we've improved to this now this matters more right. or this is like your hinge preventing you from getting to the next step mm -hmm. and i think the problem a lot of times is like once you get to that rare fried hair people don't realize what the problems are or two, it's or, like you, you. It's a deep dive. You have yeah. to go. You have to go searching on a deep. It's the idea is like education and knowledge and, re, and reading, right? It's the idea that we read the same books. Like if you're doing the same training plan year in year out, you're just reading the same book over and over and over again, and you can develop a deeper appreciation for that book. And if it's a classic, like yeah. you know, uh, Ulysses, James Joyce's Ulysses or Moby Dick, you can or any Hemingway novel, you can appreciate that you know, brilliance. But if it's just a popular, like, Chuck Posterman book, yeah, which is a nice book, it's good, but it's just a popular, like, in vogue at the moment book, you read over and over again, you're not gonna get much out of it. And the hard part is, is like, like when I texted you and Danny, like that book on, I hadn't seen before, like Frank Shorter, like Chasing yeah. Gold by Mark Bloom. And like, yeah. I was like, I've never seen this. It could be kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, I, did a search online, it wasn't worth the $60 in the yeah. store, so I bought it for 10 online, but it's like, I'm gonna be excited to read that because yeah. here's an, a candid look at Frank Shorter when he was at his apex, what his thoughts were on training and you know his progression. And that's kind of interesting because now I wanna see what his path was, not to replicate it, just to see, did he share similar downfalls and pitfalls and setbacks as people that I work with today or people that are colleagues of mine work with that I know? And see if there's any kind of consistency of, oh yeah, this is a very similar pattern of delusion or setbacks well, or adversity. And then understanding, oh, you're gonna meet that pattern again, even 40 years later. And that's the thing, is like, it's all pattern recognition. Yes. Like, and that's the brilliance of like, Just like experience, the but it's also the brilliance of coaching at different levels. Mm -hmm. Because you like see different patterns come around and the more patterns you're exposed to, it's like, up, uh, like, this probably works here because like I've been in this situation and that's why I love like people who like Natasha who like put me way outside of like a normal pattern where I'm like well A, B, and C won't work so we're going to have to try and make up like D, E, and F yeah. and like let's just go and some of the shit isn't going to work and some of it is yeah. it's like but it's like people who push you outside of that, I think are invaluable in Well, that's coaching. where we learn the most is we don't know the answer and we gotta figure out the, a, but, a solution. 
you know, it's like, well, we're gonna try. We'll see if this puzzle piece fits here. And there's this great like idea concept and like learning research where they call it like, are you in learning mode or are you not? Yeah. Which means like, are you open to the information coming in? Are you open to not knowing? And I think like, that's the big part in coaching is that it's very easy to get distracted and be like, all right, this athlete didn't, like what we did didn't work, but I'm gonna blame it on A, B, and C, instead of like using it as like, am I open to learning from this? Or will my ego take a hit yeah. from like admitting that like something is off or like, what my method, preferred method didn't work. Right. Yeah, it's, and it's curious too because like you see that like Sue McMillan, you know, when we had coffee with him the other day when we first got here. I was like, oh man, he's like, I'm reading this book. He's like, and he just bought it. Like he just said, I said, I read it. I go, Stu, it's very good. You should read it. And he's like, all right, done. Like just the, the faith in it, the captain class, yeah. you know? Well, that's... And, I mean, and, but Stu is like, he's yeah. he one of the best sprint coaches in the yeah. world, you know, in this day and age. And he's a lot of top grade talent. But also too, it's like, he's willing to like learn from someone that... Yeah. Maybe not have the same potential or breadth of experience, but just said, Oh, this guy's a learner too. I you know, I see a mirror re real recognized real. Mod. And like the same thing, yeah. if he off if he offers a book that's not a new release that's popular yeah. that someone's trying to <laughs> I'm gonna read that too. It's too best. And I was like, like he our I, stuff. I was like, man, my name's in the book, man. What do I gotta do? Mm -hmm. My name's in that shit. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's why I tell people, like, why don't you put these book? No, my name's in it. Um, Let me know when you get to it. You know, the, <laughs> the funny thing, I think it was Ryan Holiday who wrote an article on, like, how he never, he never questions buying books. Like, he's always like, if the someone, best investment you make. Yeah, if, someone, if someone recommends I read a book, I go on Amazon and buy it. Yeah. If it's, like, someone that, like, means something to right. them, right. or they well, do but the, the investment of the money, right. to $20, and the time, a couple hours, to read the book is super, super inexpensive when you think about it. Because great books, like any conversation relationships, like can help change or catalyze a change in thought. Well, it's like, you know, it, and that's it, what you look for. That's what, I mean, that's the point all they made. It's like, where else in the world can you pay 20 bucks, 15 bucks, yeah, yeah. and potentially get like a life-changing concept, right? right? Yeah. And it might not happen all that often, but like right. it happens if you put yourself in that position yeah. to like, and it happens more frequently if you figure out. Right, and that's what, what I love about going to like a bookstore or something, yeah. like you go there and there's, I mean, there's over a million books printed every year, yeah. right? And you go to a bookstore and it's just cluttered with so many things, but if you're there searching, if you're on a treasure hunt, and you weave your way through, you know, the aisles and you know kind of where and what thing you're looking for. I mean, I've gone to great to bookstores trying to buy one book and not buy that book I intended to buy because yeah. I flipped through it and I was like, oh, shit, this is a poser book. And then bought three different ones that just happened to be in the same area and ended up being some of the best ones I've ever read. I did that actually while I was in England last week. Because I love, I actually love going into bookstores there because like they have different yes, selections. Yeah, no, you know? and, and like old school ones. Like, that's, yeah. that's how I found that, I texted you like back yeah. in like January, that Bannister Sub 4 book that was yeah. signed by Roger. Oh, that's amazing. Like, 
Yeah. And it was just in an old used bookstore. Yeah. And I was like, it was signed by Roger Bannister and it was $25. I go, this is a steal. <laughs> but I, I love doing that because yes. like, this past week I went out, looked at this like book that everyone was hyping up on like talent and stuff like that. I skimmed through it and like at the very end of the, they had this chapter on like where's the future going in yeah. terms of like sports and talent ID and all that stuff. And like there are two summary points. One of them was like essentially like Moneyball, Saber Metrics is the future and we're like planned and, and ready to go there. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're doing. And it, like I read a couple paragraphs and I was like interested in the book beforehand. I put it down. <laughs> And then, like, just browsed and found this other book that was on, again, nothing to do with sports psychology and another one on philosophy that it... Right. right? And I don't know these people who, like, have to finish the books. Like, I buy it and you read yeah. it and it may be, like, super shitty. I, I, I'm like, why do you have... Like, I walk out of bad movies, I close bad books. Like, if it's just... If it's, you know, something that's a more popular thing that doesn't really have anything to say and they're just repeating well one good idea for like 200 pages like i got the concept dude i'm done 50 pages i'm out let me like yeah every time i read a book it's like the author is requesting me to continue to read yeah. every chapter and if chapter by chapter gets better then i continue to go well but if they don't prove their worth every chapter then i just say bye you, you know, know it's funny like having just gone through the selling of the book process like when brad and i wrote ours we sat out there and said, all right, like literally we said, all right, we want people to get something new out of like every chapter that we write in the sense of like, we're not going to sit here and make this argument and belabor this point right, for yeah. like an entire book. Like our idea is like, not everyone will get everything that we want or not everything will like it's agree, not but it's not, it's for, not everybody. for everybody. But we're like, I we're going to put new, like our concepts that we want people to get in every single chapter and introduce it and like kind of bring it to crescendo as best we can because like that's what I want out of book. Right. Like yeah, I, you're writing for a you. You. Yeah. And it's it seems it seems narcissistic and a little egotistical, but it's actually that it is. you know but you know that type of person. That's what I wrote that's what I'm running for. Yeah. You like for you. I was like, yeah, you know I what? I mean at that age of my time I was like I was just frustrated because of like I want like a deep dive on running. That's all I want. Like, this is where I'm at. I'm in grad school. Like, just finished up. Like, I want to deep dive and just go crazy on it. And I couldn't go crazy on it, right? I couldn't, like, go that far in. Right. So I was like, screw it. I'm just going to write this shit. And, you know. Now, that's what I would do, man, if I had, like, more lottery or, like, if I started making, like, real real adult money. It's, like, just being, like, I ain't buying cars. I'm not buying, like, you know, vacation homes. I'm buying, like, the good books because you don't realize it's like Hemingway wrote like A Farewell to Arms rewrote that thing 50 times there's a re- I was like oh man Hemingway was good like no he labored over that thing every word everything for years and when you understand that depth then you're like oh this is good or like the dude who wrote the captain class yeah. like 11 years yeah. and he was he was figuring out he started with one narrative of the story he was trying to tell but then it became the evidence showed him it was something else that was the definitive thing of what made a, a yeah. dynasty a dynasty but and it changed over a, over a decade time. arc yeah. and I think that's like everyone wants like these quick answers on these things oh shit 
That's a bullshit. But, you know, the funny thing is, like, if you were to look on my computer, like, I probably have four or five different, like, books, like, in work right now. Yeah. In the sense that they're just, like, either just collection of, like, concepts and ideas that I want to, that fit together and I want to hit, or in some cases, like, maybe, like, 50 pages of writing yeah. on, like, an idea. And I always do that, and I'm like, nothing's, at this point in my, my career, it's like, I'm not like, all right, I'm going to write this and formulate this. It's like this process of, like, for instance, right now, I'm working on something of, like, the stress response and adaptation and like getting moving forward past like Cellier's like very basic model and trying to like map it out and that's like I'm writing about it but it's like my way to like gradually conceptualize it for myself and like dig really deep into it and it like changes over the three or four years that I've had it and it's gonna keep changing it's like map making yeah I mean the early maps when you're in a pioneer mindset they were very basic and straightforward and the maps the maps are not the territory right but the maps help guide you through the territory and as we got more sophisticated and understood you know the landscape better the maps got better and there's also different maps right and you you see that and people are like oh well you shouldn't even do it if it's not going to be the right thing that no one particularly no 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 it's part of the process like you're just helping another step like it's like DNA decoding it's like you know finding cures for cancer it's like all of it is a step in the path to the ultimate pinnacle. And if you get to play even the smallest part to help that, that's great because you might not be the one who cracks the code, but the but, person yeah. who cracks the code is standing on the shoulders of everyone yeah. before them. And that's what people don't realize. You know, that's the most valuable thing is being a contributor to that. I've always said, like, if you understand even, like, the history of training and you see, like, how we got here, you realize, like... Oh shit! Dude, like dude, we're doing this. We there you go. Look so well, much fun. Yeah. You, you're like we're doing this because like yes. these guys experimented with this in like oh. 1960 and said like this is good. Like you know how yeah. important this book is is like I'm putting sticky notes yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not writing in the margin because I'm like one it's with my yeah wrong Clark rest in peace. It's like but it's like one of those ones because I usually just yeah. muck them all up. Me too. You know, but I'm like this one. I'm like uh can't do it this is dude this is my favorite like he started to train for it he had no coach and no schedule he trained according to how he felt on each day and sometimes he rested he trained alone late in the evening because he was not home from the office in new york new jersey until after six then he, occupied, then he was occupied with the children until bedtime at about 10 o'clock he ran to the park or he's preparing for quiet in bed Georgian suburb of Glenridge. Sometimes telephone the police to report a man fleeing from their house wearing a pair of underpants. One night, when a policeman investigated at the park, he found Osfetter running a race or running a race walker also training, and another individual collecting worms for fishing. Now I've seen other things at the cop. It was always close to midnight before Horace was in bed and asleep. Brilliant. This is the guy who last won a gold medal in the steeplechase. He trained. He started training for it. Had no coach and no schedule. Brilliant. I'm gonna tweet this right now. <laughs> Good one. That's what I want to turn my Instagram into. I'm slowly doing it. Yeah, like, it's just like pi- these. Pi- these pictures of, of books. It's gonna people who actually want to see pictures of people, but where like Instagram is just gonna be. But I mean, it's like man. 
something like this, like, you know, like this book, you gotta go find it. Like, you gotta know what you're looking for and know it exists, and you have to happen upon, like, yeah. the unforgiving minute, and then realize, oh, wait, wrong Clark. And then, you know, Norm Harris's other book yeah. um, that he has, the, the like, you know, the, uh, the athlete of nothing, or like. This is, you know, stuff, like, books like this. Like, that's the one I want, right? Yeah. It's like, this is a timeless classic for, like, the uber nerd, you and, know? And the problem with this is, like, in the running world, like, books like this aren't, aren't written nowadays. Yeah, I know. Why? Like, Why? not, like, you never see books like this. You never see, like, books like Run, 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 no, yes. or, like, Gosh, you yes. know what I mean? I mean, we should bring those back. We need to bring Sexy back. Like, that's the next thing that needs to be written, because... It needs to be like, you know, a little snippet on Alan, a little snippet on like Slinsky, a little snippet yeah. on Shalane, a little snippet, like a little snippet on all these American like dogs who got, yeah. who were like pioneers who just were like, we don't know, we just were the first ones to do it, yeah, yeah. and we did it, you know. Because no, I know. it's it's more simple than. Um, I was demystifying that. Yeah. The. Uh, crazy i always tell alan i was like one day i want to I, I just want to publish your training log i still have one of his training logs like he just gave it to me and I, I, like, I, I, I have one too yeah i just love how he's just like it's okay. totally alan like super meticulous with the log yeah. like it's very detailed like yeah, you know yeah, alan yeah. like yeah. wow yeah. wow how are you like this coherent and detailed like, with everything no I, and then, but the, the funny part is, he just gave it to us and then forgets. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> it's one of my favorite artifacts. I, 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 I love pulling that out and just like pull it, showing my college kids. Because mm-hmm. it's just great. It's like, here's some perspective. Like, yeah. here's, here's what like, it took for him. And I mean, he was just super talented, but I had no idea. He probably could have done half of it. But, yeah. but he thought he had you all about that, you know? Yeah, but that's what I love about it is he was pioneering, and that's why I like remind Eleanor or, or like people in our group is like, we're misfits who are pioneering. Like we're making our own path. Like it's not the hey, here's this contract, here's this money, here's this group, here's what everyone else is doing. We're just getting on board and yeah. being a replica. We're actually making our own way in the world, which might not get all like the attention and hype and popular popular kudos, but much more rewarding, long term deep personal level. and like if you're not on board with that they weren't meant to do it exactly and that's what you see a lot is you see that like contrast between like people who like get get on the path and those who like want to appear like they're in the club <laughs> and yeah. um Eleanor's <laughs> like yeah yeah race. I go yeah I have plenty of thoughts on the race tomorrow she's like Alicia I go Will you listen? Because <laughs> last time you didn't listen. <laughs> like, I'll say, my, if you're not going to listen, I'll say your breath. <laughs> we should, uh, again, there should be a book on, like, the mentality of racing, the oh, psychology dude. of racing. We would just, like, of championship racing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would actually be very good. Well, yes. It, it, you know, it, it's like I watched, actually, on Twitter the other day, a couple of physio- exercise physiologists arguing over their their fatigue models and stuff like that on racing and they were they were showing like split patterns and like you know of races and, and time to exhaustion and stuff and arguing whether racing was like 
kind of exhaustion test or like, you know, you had kicks at the end and what all that meant. And like, these are really smart guys and guys I respect, but it, it was also like, guys, like show up at a track, watch these guys race like five times and you'll see like fatigue isn't fit in this model that you created yeah like, because oh, it's like the lactate levels yeah, of it doesn't because they were arguing over like like tosh was fatigued yeah the u.s half chance fatigued yeah like i thought she was done done yeah yeah and then she canes back and she cranks and she was so compelled and then what she do get across the finish like like her whole body uh, had to yeah. like purge itself with yeah. like all the toxins yeah. right and that's what happens like when you have so many toxins in your body you vomit and you do you know drink too much alcohol or you do it when you go that deep like that was deep so this that's like i always say when people ask like what my talent was like it's it's cliche to say but like when i was on my a game like when i was running in high school for example my senior year and like i had the really breakthrough i threw up after almost every single race Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in college i didn't do that and I'm not saying like, oh, I wasn't trying as hard in college, but like. Well, how many races were you in contention to win? Yeah, in exactly. And it's that difference of being a competitor. It, being a competitor exactly. is like, I'm up there, I'm going to win. So I will go deep, 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 yeah. deep, deep. In high school, yeah. you're in contention Actually, to win every race. Exactly. In college, it was like, ooh, yeah. everyone's good. good. Right. And it's like, <laughs> oh. And it, I think that's what the thing is that happens on this conscious and subconscious level. And I think that's the point on like fatigue with the researchers. I think they got to get is like, they're like, oh, they're starting to slow, like, they're fatigued. And it's like, maybe. Or maybe they're just, like, creating the pain face right now. And, like... Well, but also, too, it's like, look at someone like an Emily Sisson. Emily Sisson has not got it done for two, yeah. three years. Yeah. yeah. Like, and yeah. she's training with, you know, yeah, yeah. one of the best track 10K women ever, ever yeah. in American distance training. But she's not got it done for a thousand days, however many yeah. days yeah. you want to call three years. Now she gets it done because yeah. I, you know, it, she comes to a moment where she's like, "Wait a second, I want to be yeah. the best," and I've been in those positions and not got it done. And instead of backing off and being like, "I suck," yeah. she's like, "How do I do this? Yeah. Teach me." And that's what the good ones do. They say, "Teach me," and then it's like, "Well, this is what it takes." And either you're on board and okay with that, or you're just like. I re- no, it's really not. I didn't want to try that hard. Like, I didn't sign up for this stuff. I didn't sign up for it. It's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I give Jerry shit all the time. I'm like, hey, man, Jerry, you ever lose your job? He's like, nope. Mm. Mm. Must be nice. So I have. Not for any good reason ever. You know, it's just, it yeah. happens. Like, and yeah. it's bad luck. And yeah. it's like, nothing wrong with me and luck. Yeah. But what I do is just the circumstances of the environment. Yeah. People didn't recognize or give a shit about what I did. They didn't know my value. It's not yeah. that I don't have value. It's just that they didn't recognize it. That's fine. We continue to do what I'm good at because I know I'm good at it. Yeah. And hopefully, somewhere down the road, someone. eventually, someone recognizes that or I figure out a way to get the monetary exchange for it. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And I think it comes back to like what we were talking about earlier with like that book and defining like success on stuff. Right. Because I think a lot of times people have this skewed like definition of success and they'll define themselves if I get fired or if I don't do this like now I'm in this failure category but success is not titles man success is achievement yeah like that's the problem that's people want this title 
like I'm the director of this or I'm the CEO or I'm the manager, executive, whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's like, but man, what have you really well, done? So here's the thing. So did you fill out the survey when you got your credentials for the USA? Yeah, I, I just looked at it and I said, I, I was like, I told Terry, I go, Terry, like I, I haven't done any of this. Yeah, I know. I was like, I like I pushed a couple, I pushed a national title person on the roads and yeah, yeah. some Olympic trials qualified. I'm not good. <laughs> but your survey is like, I'm not good. It's interesting though the like way they categorize yes, things. Yes, and I was very curious. Right. So I was like, because you had you had like, were you a head coach or like a coach on like officially on one of those things? Yeah, on one right. of those. Did you get picked? Hey, right. So it, again, it's like the definition of success is like being picked. being picked on this team, which has very little to do with like your. Or, Resume right. and, you know, your, and your merit co- and your coaching things, yes. right? Yeah. Your expertise and like your, another your actual skin in the game. Another one was like, do you have like an IAAF coaching certification, right? Or like you know, right, yeah, yeah. governing body, whatever. And then like I didn't check that, and it was like, have you done level one USATF? I'm like, nope. It's like okay. And then like another one was like, I think it was like years of experience right. at. Yeah university or like this yeah. stuff yeah yeah have you been director or director or, or like an assistant yeah, whatever yeah for like 10 years yeah. or whatever it is and like i'm looking at these things and like it's just interesting how they're defining success to categories for like this yeah well, they're trying data. to they're trying to massage the prerequisites to be an effective elite coach yeah and they already have it's, it demonstrates yeah. they already have a working a model because if they want to do a real survey they would send the email out and they'd say yeah describe your path describe how you got up describe how you learned describe this well and then they'd sit down and like ask and read the descriptions about how you came up well it's like uh, what was it oh the science of emotions like um, there's this really good compelling book on how emotions are made but um, it looked at like the history of like categorizing and like researching emotions right right? Mm -hmm. and it was really interesting because like when we looked at emotions and then like tied to like facial expressions like surprise or sadness or whatever the initial like how they came up with that is like the researcher sat there and like had actors like mimic what he thought like surprise looked like and then like took a picture of that (laughs) and then like then he went out in the field and like gave people these pictures of like what these what he contrived contrived to measure different things and like the author's point of this is like we didn't create like we're defining like these facial expressions connected to emotions based on like someone's conceptualization yeah. of it instead of sitting there and going out and doing the hard work of like asking and measuring and figuring out like yes. what these right. mean. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, un- it's decoding that you just came with a perception so, and you're just trying to like you it, know, reinforce your current perception and your bias instead of actually decode and see what's up. It's the same thing like I'll give you another example. So in the science stuff, like I wanted to measure like almost like thought processes during yeah. workouts and races with my college kids because we do a lot of crazy stuff like that. Um, 
but beforehand, I, I just sat there and asked a bunch of them. I was like, what do you think about during a workout? Like, where does your mind go? Like, are you more focused on your watch or whatever? And then from there, I just, like, created a survey with that data. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I just was like, all right, here's, like, 20 different things that people have told me that they think about. And we're going to use these categories. And then, like, I'll also have, like, write in your shit. So it, it just became, like, their thoughts became the category instead of, like, me artificially creating, like, those definitions, yes. which I think happens no, it's, all the freaking time. Yeah, it, and that's, like, that's the weird thing. It's, like, we just want to, we want to reinforce what our bias is because we just want to be proven right. It's, like, it's, it's confirmation bias. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's this. So I'm going to, like manipulate everything so that I'm going to do a study I'm going to put all this time and energy and even maybe you might be aware or maybe yeah. mostly unaware of that conscious or subconsciously but you want that reinforce that bias instead of just being proven like oh my god I'm so wrong yeah no. <laughs> oh my it's god, just so fascinating to me like how our definitions yeah impact so much yeah it's just I think that it's probably one of the most overrated or underrated things in like coaching is both like your coach definition of what you're trying to do and then like well, passing that away. You're trying to teach and it's and yeah. engaging. It's, at the end of the day, you should be trying to teach. You should be employing different tactics to get the best response from an, a teaching yeah. adaptation standpoint, whether it's physical or psychological or a relationship yeah. based. And you got to push and you got to pull and you got to back off at certain times. And everyone's different, and you got to figure out like the right time to do it. And sometimes you might fail miserably, and then you learn from it. And sometimes you might succeed wildly, and you learn from it. But everything's an end of one. Yeah. You know. And then it's this confluence of just being able to like quickly like there's a lot of bullshit, and then you got to like cut through all of it as quickly. You, it's like grand chess masters, right? Yeah. Because they're grand chess masters, there might be in an end game scenario. You know, 20,000 moves they could do, but because they've practiced and have an acute awareness about what successful, what unsuc all the unsuccessful moves are, they can will the 20,000 moves yeah. into, you know, 19,925 yeah. unsuccessful moves. And so then they just think about the 75 potentially successful moves, and then they whittle that down to like what's out of those unsuccessful. And then all of a sudden, now they're rapidly thinking about four moves yeah and they're spending their time they're thinking about four moves versus the novice is thinking for a long time about the 20,000 moves yeah and it's like dude you're worried about the wrong things because you didn't do your homework you know but, that, but that's the thing because you practice and you fail you practice and you fail it's all that I wanted all it just you can cut through all the like how we talked about the steeples today yeah. who's in the field we looked at okay great here's the positioning here's the egos involved here's the credentials people are informed not informed here's what their psychology is a lot of like newcomers who don't know what they're doing a lot of the old vets and this is how they're going to do it they know the game do, do, do. so hey how we doing Lawrence's good you guys came to the right spot they got Portland beans here yes you know yeah, yeah. And it's like and so, and so we can now you and I can look at this now and just be like this is how it's going down that's 
that's 10 years to like have a five minute discussion. Yeah. And an accurate five minute Because discussion. you have to watch so much to like yes. understand. And you have to be here yeah. watching over and over and over. And, over. And, and having skin in the game. Yeah. And having skin in the game and then seeing your, your propositions or your people failing yeah. because of your bad advice early on. Yeah. And then learning from it. Like that's the most important thing is like skin in the game. It was like that thing you like, that kid that used to coach in college took a picture of me on track festival, potential yeah. downpour, and you were like, skin the game. Like, I didn't like say anything, I just, yeah, like, yeah. I saw it, I was like, yeah, you know. Because <laughs> everyone else is hiding, I'm like, no, there's a meet going on, and I yeah. gotta set this shit up right. Well, I don't care if it's downpouring. Like, it's it's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. At our conference meet, they almost set up the steeplechase barriers in the wrong thing. Yeah. So, like, literally, my grad assistant and I hopped the fence in the conference thing. All these people are yelling at us because they're like, you can't be anywhere. And we're just, like, over, you, like, you messed up, you messed up you like, messed up. raising yes. shit. Yes. And it's like... Stuff. But the athletes self-select, right? Yeah. You, they self-select. You've got a shot. Yeah. yeah and I, call, I just call this meet, it's an advancing meet. You're only here to advance. You know, even the final, the U.S. final, is actually a yeah. prelim for the Worlds. Yeah. You know, and so... That's all it is, because the regular season is advancing. We set up, we put on all these meets. We have, you got, yeah. you know, we give you all these. Go here, it's perfect weather. Blah 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 blah. That's just the preliminary of advancing to the U.S. champs, and then it's advance, 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 and you keep it. The only final is the World Athletic Final. That's the only true final that exists. The only one. Even the final here is not a final. It's still a round. Yeah. The world. That's all it is. And when you realize that. Then you can make really acute and intelligent decisions about just, you know. But that's the thing, like, it's not I make the Olympics and then I'm set for however long. It's like, are you a working professional? And what a working professional means is you show up to make money. And so you can continue to show up, so you can continue to show up, so you can continue to show up. It's, it's a meta game, right? And so you might be blessed to have a contract that has really good bonus incentive structures, so you can go to these races and make money to continue to go on, or you go to races that have prize money that allow you to keep playing the game. Because if you're a working professional like a Bob Dylan, right, you make new music, you make new albums, you go on new concerts. You don't want to be like the monkeys who are still playing the same songs from the 1970s in Vegas now as a swamp song act. There's no new content for the last 40 years. But the old fogies are still gonna go see you until the, you all die. Because we're not gonna go see the monkeys because we didn't grow up with that. But Bob Dylan is still relevant because he's been writing for years, decades. And you can like a new song and then a new song now will like, you know, spur you to go back to his old stuff. Yeah. But, that's the mentality you guys say I'm a working professional and that's what a working professional does is seek opportunities to continue to continue to continue and I, it just always boggles my mind these people think okay I made it I did this really hard thing and now I'm set definitely not because yeah. <laughs> you look at musicians I equate like we are a lot like musicians you have to keep going on tour that's how the musicians make their money going on tour not by putting out some album or some music video, that actually just makes their sponsors and their yeah. you know record companies money. They make the money on tour, and there's this whole ecosystem behind it. And they they keep going on tour because they they need to get paid. Or you can be like a Lady Gaga who like has to put all her money into this epic tour, and it might not pay off. Like people don't know that her first big tour, she had to self fund, and she put everything she had into it, and it didn't pay off. She was SOL, bye-bye, but it was awesome, you know, because she just brought everything. And that's what this is. This is like the big tour, and you have to bring everything. Because you bring everything, 
and then you make it, you're good for another year. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the game. Yeah. People don't understand that's the game. They think, oh, if I do it, then I'm good for four years. It's like, no, like you see like infield, like Emily just like brings it and she yeah. knows how to bring it one race a year. Yeah. Yeah, so she can keep playing it for one race a year. So you keep playing for one, but it's one race and it's the right race. Yeah. And Every year I'm like, oh, she can't pull this off. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like yes, yes. I'm always like, like I was talking about this Danny, like, he's like, man, M hasn't raced. She's only paced at like Pedro. And I go, she'll make the team. She'll make the team. And I go, she's just, they're like, how? Talent. She's just that good. I remember I proxy coached for a long time, like when she was first was in Portland after a lot of injuries and Jerry was in Europe. And Jerry's like, have her do this like workout before work to work. 10 times 200 by herself at the night track. How fast? Ah, I like 32. 200 jobs. So I'm like, um, hey, just give me the watch. I just want you to run in. Just, I don't like, I don't like people running 200 with a watch on. It just makes no sense. So she just runs and she's just skipping. And she had, just skipping, just hadn't been doing it, any workouts, just like running around work for a whole mileage for like three weeks. Yeah. All of them were 27 point. All of them. All. All. Every single one, 27 one, 27 nine. Every, and I wasn't being generous. I was spot on. I was yeah. like, I was just like, hmm. Mm. You're good. You're good. Like, I mean, that's what Michaela does. She's a two flat person, you yeah. know? <laughs> it's like, it's like, mm. and you're in 10K. <laughs> she and she thought she was running 32. Like yeah. it was like she thought. And some people are just blessed with that physical capacity. But you know, it's a double-edged sword. She can't ever stay healthy. Yeah. So it's like it's this hard balancing act. And everyone has their own adversities, you know, in place. Whether it's relationships, physical, mental, right? And we all got to overcome it. And that's the great thing about what you guys get to do, like tomorrow and like the next day is just like you get to overcome all your shit yeah. in public which is fun and sometimes most of the times though you don't <laughs> and sometimes you and sometimes that's, that's, that's the, the promise the hope is sometimes you do yes and it's in the public setting that makes it fun because like a lot of people don't see people failing in the corporate world because it's in offices yeah. behind closed doors or it's yeah. in meetings or you got fired. But you're really just exposed. It's super exposed. Yeah. That's what you gotta love about it, man. If you're not here for that, man, go home. Just go home and sit down. Yeah. <laughs>